This is Ian Hartley. I'm Warren Kay. And I am Sasha Steenbergen. Welcome to the Rediscovering God podcast. We invite you to join us as we endeavor to see him more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. So we're just having a wonderful time and thought we better hit record and get everybody on board here. Uh, It's good to be back with everybody on this journey to rediscover God. And we took a bit of a detour. We were working our way through the book of Genesis. And then we um, stepped aside and went to John and did the seven signs in John. And one of the reasons we did that was Uh, Ian is involved with uh, Bible studies uh, several times a week with people all over the world. And uh, he has a group in, is it South Africa, Ian? Yeah, South Africans and Canadians. They were just sharing some amazing ideas and thoughts and challenging his ideas. and, And so it was just making things better. And he said, let's stop Genesis so that they can get ahead so that I can incorporate their wisdom and what I've been learning. And so now they're all ahead. And so we're picking up again at Genesis chapter 13. And uh, so Ian, why don't you lead us into this discussion today? Thanks for that introduction, Warren. Um, So Genesis 13 is about conflict resolution. And Mm -hmm. we all face that from time to time. And so this is a great chapter uh, to read, uh, to prepare for future conflict resolutions, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm sure the two of you are so angelic, you don't have anything (laughs) ongoing at present. Always, always. (laughs) Sasha, will you read 13, Genesis 13, from verse 1 to 4? Good. So Abraham or Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward Bethel. And they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar and there he worshiped the Lord again. Yes, so for those of you who are watching, um, I'm going to put uh, a very poor map on the screen um, so you can see uh, what the Bible is talking about. Uh, Just let me get the map at the bottom here. The Negev is the desert between Israel and Egypt. It's like what we call the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Abraham goes down to Egypt uh, because there's a famine. He lies about his wife and uh, calls her his sister. And Pharaoh gets upset with him and sends him away. And so he, he, he travels back through the Negev from Egypt up through the desert, through Belah Roy, um, the story you remember of Hagar, no, that's still coming, Beersheba, 
Um, and then he travels up here and he goes up to, I just need to move the map up fractionally. He goes up to Bethel. And I remind you that Beth means house and El is God, generic for God. And so this Beth El means the house of God. And mm. so um, he's up here, Hebron. I want you to notice that this route uh, with all these black rectangles are where uh, Abraham and his uh, immediate descendants built altars to God. And it's all on the high ridge of the escarpment. <clears throat> if you go west from here, you go down to the Mediterranean Sea. If you go east from here, you go down to the Jordan Valley. So this is really the high point. Uh, and he he always travels up and down this ridge uh, in uh, the land of Canaan. That's that's interesting to see it laid out like that. That's good. Yeah, mm. so he has Bethel and just he has this little city of Ai, A-I. And I remind you that when they left Egypt uh, under Moses, then they came up and crossed, after wandering 40 years, they crossed the Jordan River here and take Jericho by marching around it uh, once a day. And then the seventh day, they marched around seven times and yelled at the top of their lungs and the walls fell in. Um, then they feel so self-confident, they go up to attack the little city of Ai here and they defeat it. And... <laughs> this is a, such an interesting story because if the walls of Jericho fell down because they marched around it, um, then why didn't they do it every time they wanted to conquer a city? It only happens once. Uh, and we're not talking about that today, but uh, just something to think about. So, yeah. Ian, just while you have the map there, where did they wander for 40 years? Uh, yes, we can. Uh, it's not actually on the map. But it's down here. It's okay. south of Kadesh Barnea. Okay. It's in the Sinai Peninsula, you know, between Canaan and Egypt. Yeah. Okay. Um, just something uh, interesting is money developed from the barter of precious substances. And domestic animals were the initial means of accumulating wealth. And the Latin word for cattle actually means wealth. Hmm. Hmm. Really? And um, there's a, a parallel uh, trivial fact, and that is salary or your wages. Salary comes from salarium because the Roman soldiers were paid in salt. That was the means of barter. Mm -hmm. And salt in Latin is salarium. Warren, will you read from verse 5 to 7, please? Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of, Lot, of, of Abram and Lot at that time, Canaanites and Perizzites lived in the open, were also living in the land. Yeah. 
So at this time in his life, Abram, Abram, sorry, uh, did not have a child. And so his nephew Lot that he brought with him, he assumed would be his heir mm. and inherit everything that he had to keep it in the family. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we need to know that background because of what's going to happen. So um, what's going to happen here is uh, very interesting because we've already had chapter 12 where these angels uh, looking like men come to visit, walking past Abram's tent. And Abram, Abram, sorry, thank you. I've, I have to correct myself. Abram. Um, invites them in and has uh, Sarah Sarai prepare a meal for them. Uh, he's a very hospitable man. Uh, and I wonder if it was a personality trait or a cultural trait. And uh, the reason I wonder that is because Lot demonstrates the same hospitable hospitality when the angels come to visit him in the city of Sodom. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some cultures which are very hospitable. Usually rural people are, nomadic people are. It's the city slickers, like the two of you, who are often inhospitable. <laughs> so, Ian, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm lost, because I'm looking for the, the, the three that come and, and have this dialogue with Abram, and isn't that in chapter 18? Yes, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying it was in 12, but it's we haven't got there yet. Yes, we haven't got to 18. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to come up with sort of inheritance questions here. So uh, I think you all know of children who've become estranged with each other because of disputes over inheritances uh, and so on. And uh, so Abraham... Uh, this story is going to show us that Abraham is a peacemaker. And I remind you what Jesus said about peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers for, do you remember? They shall see God. Yeah. So the angry people, it seems, can't see God. Hmm. Uh, their anger blinds them, um, according to Jesus. So, the other thing I want to say about peacemaking is that peacemaking always means loss. Uh, you can't make peace without losing something. You have to give up something. That's why peacemaking is can be so difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and this division is symbolic of the division of the world into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. What happens between Abram and Lot? Mm -hmm. So we're ready. Uh, Sasha, if you'll read verse 8 uh, and 9, please. Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Yeah, the, 
Abram's generosity and desire to love his nephew is very apparent from this uh, reaction mm -hmm. by Abram. Um, Abram indicates that generosity is the great instrument of conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't love unless you're willing to lose. A love relationship does not exist if one of the parties always gets their own way. Mm -hmm. Now, you're agreeing with that, but let me ask you about a parent-child relationship. Um, when the children are very young, doesn't the parent always get their own way? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm just thinking about when the little one is having a full-on tantrum or whatever it is, I may lose out on my shopping trip because I need to bundle myself and my little one in the car. Um, so I, I I might feel a little lost there. <laughs> <laughs> but I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. So the love relationship uh, between parent and child, I think only develops after the child starts uh, getting their own way sometimes. Mm -hmm. If the child never gets their own way, a love relationship never develops with a parent. Yeah. yeah. And there are some parents who want to hang on to that control forever. Mm. Yeah. Now, I want to push this a little further and say, if God never lets you get your own way, then I don't think there's a love relationship from God's side with you. So look at the implications of saying God's in control. Right. That sort of preempts a love relationship. You know, there were three very um, committed young Christian men who wanted to go to and uh, take the gospel to a tribe that had never heard it the gospel in South America, in the Amazon. And so they finally came up with the idea is that they would buy a plane, cheap plane, and fly onto a sandbar uh, in the Amazon River. And they would never be able to take off again and become part of that tribe to share the gospel with them. And one of the men that I remember uh, the name is Jim Elliott. He's very famous for what they did. And he said, <clears throat> why not give up what you cannot keep for that which you cannot lose? You can't keep your life. You're going to die eventually. Mm -hmm. But why not give it up for what you cannot lose, eternal life? Mm -hmm. And he did just that with his two friends because the plane was attacked and they were speared to death. Mm -hmm. But their wives made contact with the wives of those uh, tribal men, and they were able to communicate the gospel. Yeah, that is a very powerful story. So uh, th this uh, generosity of Abraham and the generosity of Jesus are sort of parallel stories for me uh, about how to deal with conflict resolution. So we're on verse 10 to 13. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the gardens of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to, to the east of them, 
he went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. So I want you to notice verse uh, 10. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord mm -hmm. or the beautiful land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly not like that today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the area now houses the Dead Sea. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty barren there. It seems like whatever destroyed Sodom had uh, uh, quite a large area that was affected at the same time. Yeah. And it didn't happen all at once because uh, um, we'll come to it that Lot and his daughters escaped to a place near there. And then uh, an angel says to them, no, you've got to leave this place also because it's going to be destroyed too. Mm -hmm. So this destruction of this area took place over a time period. I have no idea how long it was, but. Yeah, I love that because that almost sort of alludes more so to that prediction versus causation. That there yeah. was already a natural force of whatever it was. I mean, not natural in the sense that, you know, bad thing is natural, but whatever the earth type um, calamity was happening, obviously takes it yeah. more out of God's hands. Good point. Now, we'll talk about this more when we get there. Uh, we're on verse 14 uh, to 17. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. I, I want to draw your attention to what's happening here. Uh, Abram has lost his nephew, Lot. Half of his camp has gone. This guy feels depressed <laughs> and so God comes to encourage him and console him mm. and says to him look don't feel so bad you know what your, your descendants are going to own everything here so speaking his language that that was that was clearly then a comfort to him you know this uh, this brings me to the point of what do you say to somebody who has experienced great loss. How old are your daughters, Sasha? 16, 14, and 12. Okay, so soon, one or more of your daughters is going to come home having broken up with the current boyfriend. <laughs> this happens. I don't know if you have a good memory. <laughs> so, you know, when you discover this, you have an option. You can say, oh, you'll get over it. There are lots of fish in the sea. Or you can say, oh, that happened to me once. It was horrible. You know, those two responses are the difference between night and day. 
They really are. Yeah. One invites the child into intimacy with the parent. Mm -hmm. The other one encourages the child to be hardened. Yeah, yeah. And does not generate a relationship with the parent. I know that idea of holding space for whatever it is. Yeah, that's so important. So what do you say to somebody who's just lost a spouse? I would say a whole lot less saying and a whole lot just being. <laughs> yeah. Just in my work, it's sitting with and being quiet and just really radiating love. Yeah. Talk to me about the pain and do a lot yeah. of listening. You know, there was a 50-year-old um, woman with a 30-year-old daughter that was dying of cancer. Nice to go to the hospital. You know, after a few days, you run out of wise things and loving things to say. Mm. And uh, I just went there and I was sad with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the best compliment I ever got was she stood up at the funeral and she said, my pastor came and cried with me. Oh, yeah. 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 That's just beautiful. Yeah, I Brene was talking, Brene Brown was talking about the the highest form of that connection and vulnerability piece is when we say me too, uh, to open that space up, that it's not us and them, but it's just us here together. But that idea of where you shared that emotion with them, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, uh, as far as we can tell, this was a permanent parting between Abram and his nephew, Lot. Hmm. Abram's descendants and Lot's descendants will be at war with each other. By the time Israel leaves Egypt to return to this land, um, when they pass through this area, uh, they are actually at war with each other. Hmm. And this this area where um, Lot settled is what we call um, Jordan today. And the Jordanians, while not as hostile as the Palestinians or uh, the Lebanese or the Syrians toward Israel, uh, they're still not bosom friends. So I don't know if Abraham feared for this in the future, um, but looking back, we can say it happened. So the last verse of this story is verse 18. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built an altar to the Lord. The so Lot moved east, Abram moved north. Technically, they did not separate in terms of family, but they did separate physically, which led to their spiritual separation. Lot's descendants become the Ammonites and the Moabites, uh, enemies of Israel. And there is no reconciliation, even today, between Jordan and Israel. It's interesting that this started way back then, and it still is an issue today mm -hmm. for for reasons that, you know, we can try to understand. 
and and that they're not rooted way back then probably there's other reasons things that have happened that uh have caused the animosity to still fester yeah and it, it happens today between families and communities and and sometimes we just uh you know we school people to become christians and say to them well now you're going to have a separation between the rest of your family who are not Christians and things like that. And mm. it's almost like we, yeah, we're projecting it. It's normal and natural. But mm. uh, the example of Abram and the way he treated Lot, you know, Lot could never say afterwards, well, my uncle was greedy and yeah. he took the best for himself and blah, blah, blah. It, uh, yeah. It's a very amicable parting of the ways. And imagine if there'd been some selfishness on Abram's part. Mm -hmm. uh, that would have been used to fuel the fires of their differences. Well, this got to be one of the shortest podcasts. <laughs> well, we will pick up next time with uh, chapter 14. Let's pray together. Dear God. <clears throat> We've had conflict in the past. We'll have conflict in the future. We know that it's uh, just part of living on a sinful dying planet is that our actual love for each other has also died and diminished. And we, we often experience the consequences of this in our lives. And we mourn for a time where there will be peace on us. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace, that you have established the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And in your kingdom, there's perfect peace uh, because every citizen of your kingdom is unselfish and wanting the happiness of the people around. You are so wonderful to have come to our world to establish your kingdom in person. And we're sad for the way we treated you. But we admire you because you never gave up on us and you've never wanted revenge on us. We so covet your heart. Thank you for promising new hearts foiled. Amen. Amen. Well, since it's a short podcast, I feel like can't there be time for one little story? Because I feel like when we started uh, chatting, uh, we we heard a really fun story from Ian. So Ian, can you share us or share with us your an experience you just recently had? You want to record this on the podcast? I do. I think it would be fun. <laughs> so I happen to know the former mayor of Red Deer, and we went to uh, uh, a party in cameras that was celebrating an NGO organization. And uh, he was speaking and I was speaking. So we rode together and uh, we swapped uh, true stories. And and, one, <laughs> and this morning when we were coming back, uh, he said, you know, when my father died, um, he said my identical twin brother, um, came to the funeral. So after breakfast, he said, I think I'm going to walk around the town <laughs> because we grew up here. And uh, after half an hour, he came back to the house and said, 
that was not a good idea. Everybody's <laughs> avoiding me on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. It, it sounded like it was the mayor's ex-mayor's twin brother, but it was his father's twin brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I so wanted to get to the punchline. I said, leave out the detail. <laughs> That's okay. I feel yeah. like all you had to start with was that there was a twin involved, and I already <laughs> knew we were going to ha go headlong into misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's fantastic. I like how casual it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the mayor and I, we're good friends. No big deal. I do believe you also met someone else. Do share with us who you also met there. Yeah. Like, are you a gossip columnist? Uh, yes, I, I, I'm just exactly, uh, you know, you know, when you see a celebrity, you want to tell all about it. So I want to hear all about your celebrity sighting. This so is one of those this, podcasts uh, where we sh where we become more vulnerable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At the at the celebration, we went to the lieutenant governor of Alberta was also there, and so <laughs> we we got chatting, and she said to me, "I'm having a party in Red Deer uh, on Old Year's Eve, and uh, you you need to come to it." And I said, "Well, that is is that a royal command?" And she said, very definitely. <laughs> very definitely. I love, I love that we know already what Ian's plans are for the uh for the new year. <laughs> From one party oh, to the next. Yeah, friends, friends in high places. I love it. Well, we're honored to know you, Ian. We're honored. <laughs> yes. yeah, you want an invitation to the party. Don't don't forget about us when you come into your kingdom, sir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm at Scoffer's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just big fans of you. <laughs> All right. All oh, right, guys. Take care till next time. You can find the recording of our podcast on our website, uh, as well as the PDF document that we've been using. So you can follow along or at least see all the passages. And so that website is rediscoveringgod.ca. And on there, there is the, um, the, the PDF document, the uh, link for the podcast, as well as our YouTube link. We are now on YouTube. So if you want to see us live, then you can go and watch it on YouTube. Wonderful. And we'd also love to invite you to our Monday evening Zoom discussion where Ian and Warren lead us out. And um, we are currently going through the podcast uh, where we get to have discussion and really dive in a little deeper and get our, um, our, our most pressing questions answered. Um, it's a really wonderful time of fellowship and connection with the group. Um, we share in community and resources as well. We'd really love to have you join us. We're going to be meeting um, at 6.30 Mountain Standard Time. Uh, you just add in the link 403-506-9201. We'd love to see you. And if you'd like to connect with us, you can reach us at rediscoveringgod2020 at gmail.com. 
send us an email. We'd love to hear from you and know how this journey of rediscovering the God that Jesus knew is changing your life. 